What up, everybody? We are back. It's the Nation of Vacation Podcast. It's the People's Podcast. It's me, the outstanding original, the Oracle of Ideas. I'm O'Shea, and I'm here with my colleague, comrade, and co-host, Mr. Last Name Song, straight from the hip with the camera. What's happening? Hot topics, hot takes, ready to debate. Today, we have a Nightmare on Elm Street review. Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, 1984 release, starring Robert England as Freddy Krueger and Heather Langenkamp as Nancy. Shannon, chat me up. When was the first time you saw Nightmare on Elm Street, Ooh. the very first one, the OG? Okay, so uh, the first time that I remember like checking out the very first Nightmare on Elm Street was probably on a prime like a network like usa it was edited um, i know whatever i was like five or six 84 was when i was born so obviously i didn't see it as a baby um but uh even with it being edited as a child being told by this scary ass burnt up man that you can't go to sleep or he gonna come get you mm-mm. not failing no <laughs> what about you El? all right so Terrible, terrible news here. I did not see Nightmare on Elm Street, the original one, till we were in high school. Boo! Didn't see it till we were in high school, dude. I saw the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the TV show, but I did not see the original one. Terrible. It was terrible. It was terrible. So that's that's one of my uh, my, my guilty uh, guilty admits there. I did not see the original one, but now that I'm grown, well, actually. Quick story here, we actually got the DVD set when we were in high school. Yep. We spent a whole week watching all of the Freddy movies back then. So for us to revisit them now, it's kind of like a nostalgia thing kind of for us. Oh, yeah. So um, chat me up. How'd you feel about Freddy? First scene, the characters, chat me up. Uh, overall, like when you, you don't really get a chance to see a horror film like how they built like the intro up. With the like, while the credits are beginning to come in and they're showing who's starring in it and whatever, we don't know none of these names at, at that point in time. No, but like, what was cool about that was it didn't matter because they showed like him getting his gloves sharpened up. It showed the the boiler room. It showed like a very dark uh, looking scene. It, it set the tone for what you was gonna get ready for for that whole movie. Right. What about you? I liked it a lot. See, I liked a lot of the parts that I liked about it was I liked Tina. I liked her the character yep. there. Uh, I liked how she's represented there. She's in a nightmare. She's in this boiler room. Like yep. you said, it's dark, it's dirty, it's nasty. And then to to clash that darkness, she's in all white. Yeah. So it really makes it look like that place is extremely dirty. When Freddie pops up and kind of wakes her up from her dream, mm -hmm. you see the slashes in her nightgown. And her mom comes in and like, girl, you need to cut your nails down. Because, <laughs> you know, you slashing, you yep. slashing your nightgowns up in your dress. And, you know, she's knowing that this didn't happen for me scratching myself. You know, this came from my nightmare. So I thought that was really creepy seeing that for the first time, yeah. something actually come from the dream into reality and see it actually happen. And I, and I also like how you brought that up where you were saying that um, it almost made it seem like Tina was gonna be the main character. So right. that, that was a dope call out that you said prior to us uh, filming this. Right, so next up, leading up to the next thing, we've got Tina, she's coming to school and she's got Nancy, uh, her best friend, and she's Nancy's boyfriend is Glenn. They're all walking and Tina's telling them about the dream that she had last night. And they're kind of like, you know, everybody has bad dreams. But as she's describing it, 
she says certain things to him and both of them are kind of looking like they've had something, you know, there's something else there. Like they have experienced this type uh, of dream. Before. dream. Right, yeah. right. Then we see Rod, who is uh, Tina's estranged boyfriend, booty the 80s, call. The 80s thug. Yeah, yeah, he was the 80s club. Kind of looked like the greaser a little bit, you know. <laughs> so uh, I, I liked his little dynamic there because he kind of shot his little shot. And then he was like, oh, y'all not feeling me, so yeah. I'm gone. Uh, so that's that's how you feel about that scene, them coming to school and uh, kind of getting that out. I think that was the eerie part. I think that is what actually set the tone for a lot of kids, like going to school and playing the whole, like, yeah, I had the same dream as you, yeah. or let me one up you with my dream. I right, felt like right. that that scene kind of set that tone for like years to come of people always trying to one up somebody on, oh yeah, my dream was way scarier than that. They had the same person. Oh, that's crazy. But overall, like, I think. Like, it, that scene alone kind of set the tone for, like, who you was going to decide, like, who I'm going to like, who I think going to get killed, and, and kind of, for me, it just threw me off, like you were saying, because I, I swore, I swore Tina was going to make it through that whole film, mm. <laughs> and I was way off the mark. Uh, overall, though, I think um, it just set that, that tone, like, you could just tell, like, um, like for one, one of the big standouts for me was it wasn't even a big, big movie for him was Johnny Depp. Um, his this, debut. This is his debut. debut. A lot of y'all know him from Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. But like for us, we remember him like from one of the, the big kills at, at Nightmare on Elm Street. I remember from Edward Scissorhands. That too. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> that was that was where I really got introduced <laughs> to Johnny Depp at. So, what do kids do when one is scared? and they wanna not be alone, they call their friends and they have a damn sleepover. So that's what we get, obviously. We know all these horror movies, they're all set up the same way. The parents just so conveniently happen to be out of town. Always it's, it's, it's just They always gone. The parents just nowhere to be found. But anyway, so all the kids come over, we've got uh, Nancy and Tina, and then Glenn's over there, and he's lying to his parents saying that he stands somewhere yep. else. And then they hear this creepy little on the window, and you know that's really freaking Tina out because she just had that kind of dream. Yep. Um, Glenn he goes outside to check it out. He's trying to be all macho. Uh, he's calling his little stuff out, and then we get Rod Lane. He tackles him. He said so much for you being a football player, in, you know, in, in so many words. Uh, and then you know he comes in there and he's trying to get back in the house, trying to get back in with Tina. You know, like I said, you don't know if they're long-term boyfriend, girlfriend, or long-term booty yeah. call, or you don't, don't really know what their dynamic is. So how'd you feel about the sleepover segment? And uh, you can elaborate even more because you know where that leads to. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> I think uh, I think Tina thought that she was in a relationship. Uh, I don't think that was a, a mutual feeling though. Nah, nah that, was, that was a booty call so, for, for Rod there. That was the I, I think Rod was going in for the kill, mission accomplished, he did what he set out to do. Um, so I mean, it, that just is what it is. But I think the the overall setup though was one of the most iconic, bloodiest like slasher scenes that I can remember. Um, and I just thought for a '84 film for her to like go up on the the ceiling like how she did, almost like the Lionel Richie music video from back in the oh day. Oh my gosh, man! <laughs> Shout out to Lionel Richie. That was one of my favorite videos, walking on the ceiling. And who thought we could have fit Lionel Richie into a Nightmare on Elm Street review? First off, that's crazy. As we are talking '80s, though. <laughs> we are talking '80s, though. But like overall, like that, like Freddie knew exactly what he was going to do. Like he set this man up to fail. It, it almost was like he was teeing himself up for the next kill. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's break that down really quick. So yep. 
they're in the bed, you know, they're doing their sex thing or whatever. Uh, Glenn actually thinks he's going to get some mm -hmm. from uh, from Nancy. Yep. And she's like, no, nah, we're actually here for her. And she goes, sleeps in her bedroom and he's on the couch. So I know he was a little bit heartbroken from that. Then they, you know, they hear all the noise that those two are making in there. Those two, after they have their sex and good fun, they end up falling asleep. And then Tina goes off into a dream and she goes off to that dream world. And that's where we really, really start to see Freddy Krueger. You know, yep. that's the scene where we've got the long arms that scratch the wall. And we also have, uh, you know, the scene where he shows her his hands, his fingers, and he cuts off his fingers and the green blood comes up. Yep. So those are some of the first iconic scenes of Freddy Krueger. And then he ends up attacking her in an alley. Yep. And that's what kind of leads to her being in the bed, getting attacked. And it looks like you know, Rod, he wakes up and he's like, what is she, what's going on? Cause she's over there, she's doing all this stuff and looking like she's being attacked and he's just, he doesn't see anybody. But then all of a sudden, you know, she sees her body starts getting torn yep. open and she starts getting drugged across the ceiling. And all of a sudden she just falls to the ground, just dead and lifeless. And you know, Rod Lane, he's out of there. He knows he's the only one around, he's gone, he's gone. So how'd you feel about that? Um, I mean, who wouldn't do that? Like, first off, if I'm seeing like my, my piece, getting tore up and up on a ceiling. First off, I don't care what kind of super thug I think I am. I just turned into a five-year-old boy. I'm scared. I'm getting up out that house. I'm feeling personally because- You hey, let out one of them Jesse screams. Oh, huh? It's gonna be a Jesse scream. <laughs> ah! Like, I'm, I'm out, I'm done. Yeah. Nope, this woman crazy. I don't even know why I got in the sheets with her. Now it's all blood. I don't know if she's having a period right now. I'm gone though. Yeah, no matter messy. no matter what, I am out. Like this is too much. But as soon as I saw her hit that ceiling, I'm out. Well, I, first thing I probably would have did, I probably would have got to the door. Probably would have got to the door. I'm like, hey y'all, come check this out. Because if the group is there and they say, hey, I didn't, you know, yeah. they, they're my my alibi saying, hey, I saw this crazy shit and this chick all on the ceiling too. So it, we would have had an alibi. But with him running away, he looks like the guilty. Guilty, guilty yeah, 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 yeah. But but let's be real though. Let's be real. Mm -hmm. We in high school. You telling me you gonna go for the door and be like, hey, come, hey y'all, come on, Shannon, nah, John, check this out. No, nah. nah, you window work, cause I'm gone. Here all day. We out of here. I'm gone. I don't care what nobody say. If you a teenager in high school and you see someone hit the ceiling bleeding, you are cutting out. You leaving. You're not gonna do the right thing because you're gonna be paranoid. You're gonna be scared. You're gonna get your OJ on. It is what it is. Yeah, and that's exactly what he did. He went on a run. Mm -hmm. Took off for a while. Um, the kids tried to go to school. Now that's one thing I wouldn't have done. No. I would not have let my daughter go to school no. the next day after she spent the night with her friend and her best friend was murdered by their, uh, you know, by their other friend. We're not yeah. going to school. I mean, we're not going to be taking that. at least a week off. Right, exactly. So then Thug Boy, you know, Rod Lane, he tries to, you know, sneak up on Nancy like, hey, you know, I'm trying to tell you, I did not do this. The Her father, Nancy's father, uh, uh, Officer Thompson, I think he might be Sheriff Thompson or yep, something yep, like sheriff, that. Yep. Um, he um, basically uses his daughter as a setup mm -hmm. to get Rod Lane. If she's gonna go to school, he kind of he kind of has his people following her. They know Rod Lane's gonna come try yeah, to talk to they her. They never really liked the man, yeah. And it was someone that they could just like let's point this on one person so we can tell these kids to stop blaming it on this dead person. So like they were trying to cover that up. Yeah, yeah. So then we get to school and shout out. This is one of my favorite actresses. We had Lynn Shay. 
she's in all the other horror movies like she's in what, like the conjuring she's in uh the insidious uh series um uh, maybe not the conjuring series. she's in the insidious series all four of those movies she's like the queen of horror movies she was the actual teacher in this movie so shout out to lynn shay uh the classroom scene that was iconic we get the uh she goes to sleep in, in class and all of a sudden, she's in the, in the dream world. Yep. She sees her best friend in the school wrapped up in plastic. Her body gets drugged through the hallways, and that's you a can't, high kind of see who's dragging her. It's just just her being drugged. Her feet get lifted up out of nowhere, and then yeah, yeah. So she gets drugged around the school, and then you know Nancy wants to go check it out. She ends up um, she ends up burning herself. Yeah, ends up to, to wake up. To wake up, because she's getting chased around by Freddie. She ends up burning herself in class to stay awake. And then the teacher, you know, she wakes up in class. Ah, ah, all the kids are looking like, you know, what the hell is going on with you? Uh, Lynn Shade, the teacher, she goes up to her and basically sends her home for the day. And that's where we're at now. So chat me up. How'd you feel about that? Well, my first question for you is how did you feel about the boiler room from the first uh, nightmare compared to like the other boiler room scenes and some of the other phrases. I felt me personally, I like the more compact, the more smaller, like less exploration. Like it's just like, there's a couple little areas you can go, but you're not getting that far. Okay, so this is where we're gonna get into the discrepancies in the nightmare on Elm Street series, because like you said, on, on a lot of the newer ones, the boiler room is small. Yeah. And then if you looked at like the first Freddy uh, episode on the TV show, mm -hmm. the boiler room he goes to or the room he goes to, it isn't this big factory yeah. like they show in this one. It's a smaller, small style factory, not with, you know, levels and stuff too. Yeah. So there is a little, you know, discrepancies there within the different Freddy's. I, uh, which one do I like, man? I, I actually kind of like the the one that's that's bigger. I, you know, just to contrast against what you said, I like the one that's bigger just because it gives them more space to be chased around. Because if there's a couple rooms, if you got you know a downstairs part and an upstairs part, I mean, ain't really too many places you can go. Freddy's yeah. gonna be able to find you really quick. Whereas, you know, in this big maze of a place that he yep. has, you know, you can really find yourself getting lost and really get turned around and, and things like that. So I, I like the big maze personally, uh, myself. Uh, I like the scene of her getting drugged around. I thought that's really creepy. I mean, can you imagine seeing like myself, can you imagine seeing me drug on the school floor? Oh. You know, that's what I'm saying. I probably wouldn't have sent my kid to school on that day. Mm -hmm. Just wouldn't do but, that. But the issue with that though, is like, even if like since like Freddie lives in the dream world, no matter if you went to school or not, you still going to see what you're going to see. Right, right. So, I mean... I just wouldn't have had that embarrassing moment where I'm knocked out in class because I've been up all night and then woke up looking all crazy in front of everybody. Yeah. I'd have probably took took my time and, and, and been at home for that. And see, she takes herself home. Her mom's got her bath ready for her and she's ready to hop in. She goes off. She actually dozes off in the tub. She's actually in this huge tub that's got this tank at the bottom of it, and you see Freddy's glove come up through the bottom there, and he's back to Clark, but then the mom knocks on the door and just makes sure that she's not asleep because so many kids die every year through drowning from <laughs> sleeping in the bathtub. So that's what her mom says. Basically, how you feel about that, Shannon? Chat me up. That's one of the most iconic scenes in Freddy horror history. Definitely, definitely. When you see that, that scene, even if you've never seen Nightmare on Elm Street, when you're going through like a top 20, top 10 list of all-time horror films, all-time slasher films, what have you, that's always a little cutscene that they use always. on there. Um, I think that, that whole scene, how they shot it was cool. 
um, elaborate though for me real quick on how they shot that scene. So they actually had her inside of the tub and at the bottom of the tub they had a tank built on that and they had a guy with a oxygen mask underneath there so you know while he she's they're filming that scene he's under there just waiting for the his cue to do the glove so i thought that was awesome especially yeah. for 1984 on their budget i thought that was really cool so after that then she goes to her bedroom nancy she's getting ready to uh go to bed but she actually calls glenn glenn comes over and they have this plan to make sure that nancy stays awake so she can try to bring something out of this dream uh she has glenn sitting next to her and he's supposed to be making sure that she does not go to sleep Shannon, you know, if you're sitting in a dark room and somebody tells you to watch them sleep, what's the thing that's going to happen? Oh, uh, you're going to sleep. Going to sleep. Going, going to sleep. sleep. So he falls asleep. <laughs> she ends up uh, going to the police station and she sees Rod. He's in there knocked out and she sees that Freddie's getting ready to attack him. So that's one of those iconic scenes where we see Freddie. He kind of walks through the prison gates and he looks like he's about to attack Rod. Yep. She ends up waking up via her alarm. Uh, Glenn is in there asleep. He's knocked out. They end up waking up and they rush down to the police station. That's where we see her dad and another cop. They're kind of preventing them from seeing Rod right immediately. Then they finally go back there and they find Rod has been hung by his blankets. And that's where we're at. So Shannon, chat me up. How are you feeling about that kill? The kill of Rod. Well, I think there's is two parts to this. Uh, not only just for the, the Rod killing, but like for the power that Nancy had, which I think that they further explored in Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Uh, so we'll be doing a review on that one and probably re going back yeah. to this part. But I think she had a power to where she saw that coming. And that was something, that was a, the first dream that we got where we actually got to see her in someone else's dream, basically, um, which we'll explore later on through other reviews. Um, the next part with the with the, the cops, it, it felt like they were covering up something. It felt yeah, like they did, knew man. what was going on, and they didn't want to go down there until he was, like, dead, dead. All the adults is like they got this, like, secret that they kind of know what's happening, yep. but they're just not ready to explain to the kids. Man, I always thought that that was a weird little... Uh, thing that they did like instead of just telling the kids and you know being up front with yeah. them They kind of did what parents did back in the day We're gonna dig it up put a hole, you know buried under the ground and just not talk about it So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up cause, like that's that's the <clears throat> 80s like family mentality versus yeah. now like now everything is just out open. in your face Everything's opening out there. social media out like the kids is bound to find out regardless if you tell them or or whoever tell them but back in the day Parents could hold a secret to their grave. Yeah, so next up, then she goes to, uh, they actually go to Rod's funeral, and then the mother ends up taking her to a psychiatrist and a sleep doctor, and she ends up bringing a hat out of her dream. Her, her dream numbers are off the chain. They're off, you know, they're going off the charts. She brings this hat through. It's one of those iconic moments in the movie where, you know, she actually brings something out of her dream. Yep. This has never happened before. The doctors can't explain it. The mom's like, what's going on? Then we go back to the house, um, which I thought was weird that they never, they never really told what was wrong with her. They just kind of sent her home. Then they go back to the house. The mom's all seductive saying, hey, come down to the basement, come down to the cellar. I've got this thing I need to tell you. So they go down yep. there and then she starts telling her the story of how these adults, they killed Freddie. Freddie was a child murderer. They took him, um, they took him to this boiler room, chased him to his boiler room, lit it on fire and he just burned the hell up. 
So then she pulls out of the 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 cellar. She pulls out the cellar, the uh, the furnace. She pulls yep. out the furnace, the actual glove from the murders that he used. Um, <laughs> why she stole the murder weapon, I have no idea. But she's got it just chilling in their furnace. I don't know why. Shannon, chat me up. How you feeling about that? Um, Marge is probably the uh, I hated Marge. Like. She has the least amount of importance in the entire like movie, let alone series, damn near, if you want to go that far. Um, I just felt like she only had really one like intricate part of the entire film, and this was it. Right. Uh, for her to finally let the cat out the bag, but the way that she went about it, I agree. Like, she total drunk. Like, you know, speaking of that, that, real quick. I might be tripping. Maybe she was, because she was the only one that kept it real. I might be tripping on Marge, because actually Marge was the only one she that kept it real. She didn't keep it real. The liquor kept it real. Hey, whatever happened, she ended up telling her daughter, which, you know, that made her think, hey, you know, she even Nancy said, you knew this yeah. whole time. So all of those adults knew. They knew what they did to that man that was yeah. that murdered them children. So then... Nancy, she's up. Um, they end up boarding up the house. She can't get out. They put, they take down the way that Glenn used to climb up to her room. They uh, put the bars up on the on the windows. Those are them old school classic nineteen eighties bars. Yeah, yeah, it was over. <laughs> she wasn't getting out. Um, her and Glenn come up with this plan. She wants Glenn to meet her outside at eleven p.m. so they can try to get Freddie. Uh, Glenn's dad's not having it. He takes the phone off the hook, says Glenn can't have any company, and he wants Glenn to have no parts of this child. Yeah. So Glenn actually falls asleep at this point in the movie, and this is when all hell breaks loose. This is one of the most iconic kills in horror movie history, especially for the year. Uh, Glenn gets sucked down into the bed. Blood just spews up from the bed to the ceiling, just covering yes. the ceiling, and Crazy effects for back in 1984. Shannon, chat me up. How'd you feel about this scene and this kill? Um, just like looking at the documentary of how they actually made this bedroom and how they flipped it like upside down. Like everything was pretty much like filmed like in a weird way. Right. But how they had the blood like poured down and then like everything was filmed the correct way to make it look like it was spewing up. Yeah. Uh, that was crazy. Like at that point Creative. in time, when I first saw this movie, I never seen no shit like that before. So I just thought, you know, like, damn, like, how do they, how do they make blood come up like that? Go like, up, yeah. That, that was wild. And I just thought overall, like, the way that they did that one, that to me was the best kill of the movie, hands down. That's what's up. That's what's up. So next up, we have Nancy. She gets a call from Freddie, and this is one of those favorite scenes that everybody likes, where she picks up the phone and Freddie's tongue comes out and starts kissing her in the mouth. So that's iconic. She comes up with this crazy plan. She was Kevin McAllister from Home Alone before <laughs> Home Alone. She was setting up all these booby traps all throughout the house. I mean, straight up Kevin McAllister yep. stuff because she was gonna try to bring Freddie out of her dream by herself, and she had her whole plan together. She sets her alarms up she goes to the dream world she actually brings freddie out they have a tussle throughout the dream world she brings him out of the dream and nancy ends up bringing freddie krueger out of the dream world and she ends up running through her house and you know like i said she's got all these booby traps set up so he's going through these booby traps getting hit in the head with uh, hammers and the stomach with hammers and getting blown up by exploding light bulbs and stuff like that tripping over tripwire things like that and all of a sudden, uh, she's trying to get her dad's attention because he's the cop that's across the street. Yep. And as he's trying to break in the house, 
Uh, Freddy ends up going down to the basement and they try to find him. They cannot find him. He ended up somehow getting uh, in front of them and climbing up the stairs. And you see the trail of his burned up. Um, Best footprints. Hold on, let's go back. As he chases her down to the basement, she ends up catching him on fire. She ends up throwing the lantern on him uh, after she throws some gasoline or some alcohol on him and he catches on fire and he tries to chase her up the stairs. She knocks him back down the stairs. As he's climbing back up the stairs, he's, uh, I guess he's going up to upstairs to try to find her. She gets her dad. They yep. go down to the basement trying to find him and he actually ends up attacking the mom and the mom ends up dying. How are you feeling about this so far? Chat me up. It was about damn time for Mars to go. Yeah. Like, gosh. Mars had to like, go. Like I said, very low importance character. Um, it should have been a single parent home, like I was saying. Like, yeah. It, she had no point to be in this film whatsoever. So, yeah, she had to go. Like, yeah. It was just one of those things. I didn't really feel bad for her. I, I, I You know how I feel about Marge. Didn't care about her, so I... I, I wasn't really mad. It didn't really matter to me. So anyway, after Marge is gone, then uh, the dad leaves the room. Nancy's alone. She has this iconic scene with Freddie where there's you know, she's standing there looking at him. She tells him, I no longer fear you. I'm not afraid of you. I'm taking back all the power that I give you. She turns her back to Freddie. As he goes to stab her, he just falls away. Then all of a sudden she walks out of the room. We have, uh, it's like a brand new day. She opens the door, it's sunshine, it's suns, uh, the sun's out, birds chirping, sky's blue, the mom's back alive. She's, you know, amazingly in the great spirit saying she's gonna stop drinking. Uh, Nancy runs to the car to get in the car with Glenn uh, and Rod and Tina. They're all back to life. And as they're leaving, the top of the hood comes down and it's got Freddy colors on that. So they drive off. All the windows are locked and they just drive off into oblivion. The mom's just sitting there waving and Freddy sucks her through the door. And that's the end of the movie. Shannon, chat me up. How'd you feel about the end of the movie? And I see where you're going with it. No. Why? Like, why would y'all do that? Like, why would y'all end uh, uh, a perfectly good ended movie with another ending? Like, this, like, made it feel like this was, like, an alternate ending that was supposed to be in the DVD bonus feature. Yeah, uh, I can like see this ending being an alternate credit. ending, for sure. Uh, but it wasn't, it shouldn't have been the official ending. Like, you basically diluted all the killings from the entire movie because everyone was alive. So it, it almost makes you think as if the entire movie was a dream. It's one of those little, uh, you know, excuse my friend, but it's one of those mind fucks. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Did I just watch a dream or was it all reality or is it the dream now? It kind of just puts you through that, that spin cycle of just like, damn, what, what really happened? And I was kind of cool off seeing Mars die twice. I think once was enough for me. That's what's up. I didn't like the ending at all. I didn't like how she just had to turn her back on Freddy to give him power. That's one thing, I, or, or to take his power away. I did not like that. Yeah. I mean, you've got this iconic bad guy. He is, you know, one of the best slashers. He's been going through killing people in the dreams. And then all of a sudden, she just has to turn her back to him and say, I'm taking my power that I gave you away. I wasn't really feeling that. Like you said, we talked enough about Marge. I'm, I'm off with that. I kind of like the ending where they drove off in the car. I felt like if they had to edit the movie right there, that yep. would have symbolized a lot more than having Marge get pulled back through the window. Shannon, chat me up. How'd you feel about this movie? And what would you rank it out of five stars? Uh, so overall, like, it's one of those movies where if you watch this movie as a kid, 
Like, it's still one of those fun, like, stories to get engaged with with people who've watched it as a kid because right. you can always reminisce about how you were scared to go to sleep when you was young. Right, nostalgia. It, it just, it, it sets up a very good conversation. It, it segues out to other slasher, iconic villains like your Michael Myers, your Leatherfaces, your Pinheads, your Jasons, all those guys. Yeah. It, to me, Freddy is the ultimate, like, conversation started when it comes to that so that's one of the reasons why I appreciate this film um with the ending just being so like black weak yeah I, I'm gonna give it a three and a half star all right so I'm gonna agree with you on that I'm gonna agree with you with the three and a half stars everything was great I like the effects of the movie yeah. I like the main villain I like Freddy Krueger a lot he's oh, yeah. one of the best icons ever I like the kids I like the teenagers I like Tina I like how they kind of shifted from her be, uh, beginning origin story and went to Nancy. I like Rod, you know, the super thug from back in the 80s. I like Johnny Depp's uh, character, you know, his debut. Yep. Uh, I like the effects in there. I like how they had the room upside down. I liked all the effects. The only thing I did not like was the ending of the movie and the step, or excuse me, and the mom. I did not like her character and I did not like the ending of the movie. So three and a half stars. All right, you guys know what time it is. Like, follow, share, subscribe, support. Nation of Podcation, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. Wherever you get your favorite podcast, that's where we're at. Also, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and we take donations at patreon.com slash nation of podcation. It's me, the outstanding original, the Oracle of Ideas. I'm O'Shea for Mr. Last Name Song Strip on the hip with the cannon. Shannon, we are out. Peace. What do you want? Jeff, wake up, man. Listen to me, Jeff. It's 3 o'clock Jeff, in the morning. Listen, what Jeff, do you would want? you listen to me? Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Man. Jeff, listen to me. No, don't no. go to sleep. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Jeff, I'm going Jeff. What up, everybody? It's me, the outstanding original, the Oracle of Ideas. I'm O'Shea from the Nation of Podcation. If you like pro wrestling, check out my weekly pro wrestling reviews at Nation of Podcation on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. Wherever you get your podcast, that's where we're at. Also, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and we take donations at patreon.com slash Nation of Podcation. It's me, the outstanding original, the Oracle of ideas I'm O'Shea for the nation of podcation I am out ace